Welcome to Marriage Talk podcast. In the journey of marriage, there are challenges we face in which we are unable to connect with our spouse. One of the reason would be because of pride. In today's Marriage Talk, Pastor Preeti talks on how pride manifests from different areas of our life and affect our marriage. Today, let us learn the way to kill pride. Good morning and greetings in Jesus name. Welcome to this conversation on marriage talk. My hope and my prayer is that your marriage will continue to remain rooted in God, rooted in his grace, rooted in his desires for you. It will be rooted in his plans and purposes for the both of you. Every time that we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, our marriages will prosper every time we keep our eyes fixed on each other or our circumstances or other things or people around us we are bound to fail we are bound to make mistakes we are bound to take decisions or enter into relationships or act in certain ways that are going to cause our marriage to be in trouble my hope is that my marriage and your marriage wherever we are in our journey of growing into who god has called us to be that we will do everything possible to keep our eyes fixed on jesus and as long as we can do that thing right everything else will eventually fall into place the bible says you need to seek the kingdom of god and his righteousness first and so often in marriage you are going to have your seasons of ups and downs you're going to have your challenges where you're not able to connect with your spouse the way that you had dreamt it to be and the reason is plain simple each of us from the time sin came into this planet each of us have become selfish that is what adam and eve did when they were told about their mistake and their fault they immediately began to point fingers at each other they immediately began to blame the other person for their wrongdoing and so often we all do the same thing we are selfish in our desire to protect ourselves to defend ourselves and to prove to our spouses and to our children and to our environment that we are the right people and everybody else is being wrong to urge me and as long as that i factor remains in a marriage that selfishness remains in the marriage there is going to be a big big struggle to let go and to become one you know for two people to become one it is not possible if the both of them are using the i word where the both of them want what i want or do what i want or say what i want or be who i want to be when that i factor remains in a relationship it is impossible to actually become one or to function as the couple that god has made us to be 
But this season that we have, this new year that we are blessed with, let us continue to walk with each other and let us continue to pursue God, desiring and dreaming for oneness in our relationships and our marriages. You need oneness in your relationship with your spouse, especially if you are married, especially if you have made a covenant before God to hold on to this person, to hold on to the love that you committed yourself to, then you have to be willing to lay yourself down, to lay that I factor down. And pride, it did not originate in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, in fact, caught this pride from someone else who had pride in the very presence of God. Lucifer was in the presence of the perfect God, the perfect creator, the perfect king. And in that place, this glorious, beautiful, glamorous, musical being became proud. And that led to his downfall. And since then, every relationship that has been torn apart or broken has been because of the same pride that Lucifer imparts into them, that Lucifer hurts them with, that Lucifer is speaking into their hearts and their lives. Can we pray for the season ahead to uh, cause our pride to be broken down? Now, there are several things that you can do to break pride. But I, I would call agape love, the way that God defines love, as the greatest weapon or the primary weapon to kill your ego, to kill your pride, to kill who you are. See, all types of pride can stand in the way of genuine godly relationship in your marriage. And sometimes it may manifest in different ways. It may manifest in ways that say, I am right. It may manifest in ways that say, I know better. It may manifest in ways that say, I earn more. You know, different things or, you know, different ways in which it may manifest. Sometimes it may take more spiritual forms like, I can hear God and you cannot. Or I pray more than you do. Or that I read the Bible more or that I go to church more or that I am more anointed. All of these things can be a spiritual form of pride. No matter how your pride manifests in your relationship, if there is the slightest amount of selfishness, it is going to rupture and hurt your marriage. If not now, eventually it will begin to hurt your marriage. And eventually it will begin to hurt your relationships around your marriage with your parents, with your children, with other people. It is going to continue to gnaw on those relationships and hurt them day by day. See, something about pride is that when you're proud, you don't see that you're proud. It's like uh, bad breath. Everybody around you knows that you have this, but you don't see it. You don't get the point. You don't know why is it that 
nobody gets to be getting along with me it is not because everybody hates you or because everybody doesn't want you it is because there is this i factor that you may have that you're not willing to give up on which may be the primary reason to keep people from drawing close to you from you entering into genuine good godly friendships and relationships and the most sacred of relationship is marriage if pride can affect other surface level uh basic friendships and relationships can you imagine how much it is going to even affect your marriage your relationship with your spouse so this season this morning especially i'd like to teach you something that is going to help you to break your pride to break your arrogance to break your self respect you know if i have to use that word to break your ego to break all finds of all forms of idol worship and and this idol being you this idol being the person that we are and the ideas that we uphold and the and the things that we uh, hold so dear to our hearts let me introduce you to the pride killer this is agape love like i already mentioned to you and the bible says about this agape love in 1 corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4 onwards it says that this agape love is patient so if you want to kill your pride you have to ask god to give you patience if you are being impatient with your spouse if you are being impatient with your children if you are being impatient with your circumstances then that is a sign and a symbol of the pride that you have that is a sign and a symbol of the fact that i know how things should function and how things should work out and i am not willing to let go of these things and let it have any other form of expression and that is why we become impatient that is why we push for something to happen that is why we become anxious and we are not willing to let go and we are not willing to sacrifice and lay certain things down and this morning god is calling us to a lifestyle where we are patient how does that express itself in our relationships you know for me my greatest challenge happens on a sunday morning when i have to head to church and i see that my spouse or kids they are not ready on time and that for me is extremely challenging you know because i'm a person who is by uh, blood i i'm a punctual person i don't like getting to a place late even if the meeting starts late i like to be on time for every meeting and i get extremely paranoid if i don't do that now i can do the same thing on a sunday morning and i can be mad at my family or i can become patient i can become helpful i can give myself up to make sure that my family is also able to get ready on time i can give up my preferences in many areas of my life to help take care of and provide for 
the needs of my family rather than being impatient about my preferences and my way of doing things. And I hope that you will locate those areas of your marriage, of your relationship where you are not being patient, where you are not willing to wait. Certain times it can be a relationship that you have with your children and you have instructed them something and you don't see the change and you don't see the results. And it can be extremely tempting to give up, to stop being patient with them. But love demands that you be patient. Love demands that you put your foot down on yourself before you put it on the other person. Love demands. This is the agape love that we are talking about. That demands that you be willing to wait. And it goes on to say that love is patient and that love is kind. Now, there can be many excuses you and I can give for not being patient. Like, I can give an excuse saying, I don't want to be late for meetings or I don't want my tasks to be uh, getting delayed or I don't want to lose this or lose that. I can give all kinds of excuses and reasons to being impatient. I'm not saying I'm justifying them, but I may have legitimate reasons to being impatient. And that is why agape love would push you to want to be patient. And yet, when it talks about kindness, there is no reason whatsoever that you and I can give for being unkind. No reason. Absolutely no reason for being unkind to somebody. And if you are a person who is not driven by pride, who is not possessed by yourself, not possessed by what you want to do and how you want to do your life and your marriage and your ministry and your career and your money and all of those things, you would be a person who is able or who has the capacity to be kind to your spouse. Can you pray for this? Can you ask God to give you a grace and a revelation to show you how do I need to be kind to my spouse? In what areas do I have to be kind to my spouse? You should understand this. I'm not speaking these things from a place that I know how to be patient and I know how to be kind. So I'm asking you guys also to take and learn from my example. I am as much a person who is a work in progress and I make my mistakes where I am unkind several times and I am impatient so often. And I am preaching this to myself as much as I am teaching you these principles. But if you will hold on to them as scripture truth, not because Priji says it, but because scripture demands it off of my marriage. Not because I see it in my parents or I see it in my friends. No, but because scripture demands that you and I have a kind lifestyle. When we do not have kindness in our words, when we do not have kindness in our actions, in our giving, in our responses to our life situations, I'm telling you, we do not truly understand what love is. If we have to go back to the root and figure out what love truly is, love is not just about buying gifts. Although that may be one of those things, 
Love is not just about spending time with um, the other person. Love is not just about being there for the other person. This is the foundation for love. This is the biblical definition of love. And if you do not have this, and even if you give your body to be burnt, that's what it says in 1 Corinthians 13, that even if you give all the time in the world and all the gifts in the world and all the appreciation, you speak in 10,000 different languages of love, I'm telling you, your love doesn't mean anything in eternal standards. What you primarily need is patience and kindness. What I do need, even in my own life, is patience and kindness. And then when I use my love languages, then when I express my love, that love has a meaning, that love has a God factor behind it. Because now this is agape love. Now this is not just erotic love or philosophical love or uh, a love that is just uh, pure emotions. Now this love becomes divine love. That is the kind of love that God is calling us to. And such a love is the killer of every ego, is the killer of every pride, is the killer of every self-respect and selfishness that you and I may be harboring in our life because of different things. You may have gotten really, really hurt when you're being kind to people. And now you think that your spouse deserves the same treatment. You may have been really uh, taken for granted because you were patient with so-and-so person. And now you feel that patience doesn't help. But when God's word says you have to be patient, you have to be kind, what would you rather obey? What would you rather learn from? Your circumstances and experiences? Or would you go back to God's word and say, God, I trust you and your word and your voice above my learning and my experience and my past and my hurts. It goes on to say love, this love that is going to kill your pride, is going to kill you, your ego, is going to kill the I factor in you. This love is not jealous. So if there is any kind of jealousy, if there is any kind of competition, if there is any kind of boastfulness or arrogance, you have to lay it down. It says that this love is not jealous or boastful or proud. You cannot be telling your spouse how many times you have washed the dishes or how many times you have done what he or she wanted you to do. You have to be willing to let go of those things. It is not jealous or boastful or proud. It says in verse 5 that this love is not rude. So the opposite of kindness is being rude. When you're rude to people, when you're rude with your words, when you're rude with your actions, you are not walking in love. You're walking in selfishness. So you have to inspect how you talk with your spouse, how you live with your spouse. You have to inspect that today and you have to put a mark for yourself. You have to give yourself a rating and you have to tell yourself how much of pride do I have? How much of love do I have and how much of pride do I have? 
The opposite of love is not always hate. The opposite of love is pride or selfishness. Because love involves sacrifice. Love involves giving yourself up completely. It goes on to say in verse 5 that it does not, this love does not demand its own way. This is one key that I have been trying to imbibe even in my own heart and my lifestyle. Because I'm, I'm a bossy person. Those who know me personally and who have walked with me, they know that I always demand on my own way. It could be with the, with the ministry work that I do in church or it could be in my marriage, it could be in my relationships. I insist people to follow the way that I have found to work. And that's something, that's one area where I am trying to die to myself in my relationship with my spouse, where I have to learn this as a scriptural way of killing myself, as a scriptural way of killing my pride, that love does not demand its own way. So I understand that sometimes I may feel that my way is the right way of doing things. That's because of the way that I have been brought up and the people that I have been exposed to. And, and yet, when I come to realize scripture demands for me to change myself, scripture demands for me to change my perspective, I have to learn to do that. And this would require a lot of uh, flexibility in different areas of my life. You know, it could be just how I spend my money, how I spend my time, how I spend my uh, week offs, how I spend my uh, self, my resources. Every area of my life will get affected if I say that I do not want to demand my own way, that I am willing to get into conversations to see what is a better way. I am willing to get into deep, intimate relationship with my wife or my husband to know what is their way of doing things, to understand their perspective, not just to blindly say, okay, do whatever you want to do, but to truly take time and effort to understand what is it that they want or what is it that they are pointing towards or what is it that I am missing out in my conversation with him or her. It says, love is not irritable. So if you are constantly getting irritated, it is not natural or normal. You cannot just say, I am like this. You cannot just give a reason that uh, this is how God made me. So I, I will get irritated every time you do this or you say this. You have to develop your natural senses and your ability and your resistance to getting irritated at certain things. You have to develop it because Irritation happens because of the I factor. Irritation happens because of yourself. It doesn't happen. Usually we think that irritation happens because this person said this or that person did that or, you know, whatever things that surround me. Irritation primarily happens because of who you are. Because this is what irritates you the most. It's not about the other person. It's about you, my dear friend. So can you... Ask God to give you the grace to kill that area of pride in you, that area of I in you, that area of ego, self-respect, self-way, self-demands. 
that God would give you the grace to kill that so that you will not be irritable anymore, so that you will not be constantly insisting on your own ways anymore. It goes on to say that this love, it keeps no record of being wronged. Now, this is something that every couple needs to uh, in, you know, paint or write or stick it up on, the, on your fridge or your mirrors, wherever you can be reminded of. It says, love does not keep a record of being wronged. Self, pride, me, myself, I, attitude requires that I watch out for myself, that I don't let anybody take advantage of me. But when it comes to a marriage, you have to come to a place where you're vulnerable and you're willing to let go of the wrongs that the other person has done. See, there are some relationships where you're not expected to love the person with the same ferocity. There are some relationships where you cannot not keep a record of being wronged because those relationships, you are going to be taken for granted and abused and hurt beyond your wildest dreams if you do not keep a record of being wronged. But when it comes to your marriage, it is necessary that you do not keep a record of being wronged. Now, I understand that this can be a serious challenge if your spouse is uh, a little uh, abusive or, you know, hurtful in different manners. And yet, you have to come to a realization that love expects and demands scriptural love demands that you do not keep a record of being wronged. So if you see that this person is genuinely repentant, that this person is genuinely wanting to do what is right, that this person is genuinely working on themselves and working on their own issues and character, that this person is, is not willing to give up on his or her relationship with you, then you cannot keep reminding them of their past. You cannot keep reminding them of your history with them. You cannot be the devil's advocate. See, this is what the devil does even in heaven. He is constantly accusing you and me before God. And many of the things that he does accuse you and I of are things that God the Father has already forgiven and forgotten from his memory. And yet, the devil would keep on talking about this before God. How much should you and I be careful to avoid certain characteristics that the devil exhibits? This characteristic of keeping a record of being wronged. See, love, which is the pride killer, requires for you to give up the records. Give up all the mistakes that your spouse has committed. It goes on to say that love does not rejoice about injustice but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. So love requires for you to couple it up with truth. Love without truth is not truly love. So you have to uh, pursue vulnerability and truth. You cannot just lay yourself down without 
expecting to be any honesty expecting there to be any vulnerability real personal transparency in the relationship love requires for truth to win out love rejoices when truth wins out when there is injustice when there is hurt when there is discrimination when there is improper treatment of each other love does not rejoice in those places love forgives but does not rejoice and what love expects you to do is to wait for truth to be manifested to be brought forth and so that the truth can win out it says in verse 7 love it never gives up love never loses faith love is always hopeful that love endures through every circumstances can you say this about yourself that you are somebody that never give up that you are somebody that never loses faith in your spouse that you are somebody who is always hopeful of your spouse doing better tomorrow that you are willing to endure every circumstances along with your spouse if you can say that then you are successful in being able to put to death the pride that is plaguing you right now can you come back to this scripture every time that you feel that your old self seems to manifest and continue to ask god to give you the grace to overcome yourself you are the biggest problem in your marriage it is not your spouse you you the person that is listening to me you are the biggest problem in your marriage so if you can die if you can lay yourself down if you can kill yourself that's what i am trying to do even in my own marriage instead of asking my spouse to be doing all the change i am being willing to become the change and i am being willing to be patient kind not jealous boastful or proud not rude to not demand my own way to not be irritable to not keep a record of being wronged to not rejoice about injustice but to rejoice about truth to never give up to never lose faith to always be hopeful and to endure through every circumstances i have made that choice and i am working towards the same and i hope that you would do the same that you would lay yourself down thank you for tuning in for this morning's devotion on the marriage talk podcast i hope that this was an encouragement a reminder and a help to several of you we'd love to hear more about how god is using these devotions conversations podcasts to help you and to equip you on a daily basis write to us at info@pastorpriji.com at and we'd love to hear your testimony and know your comments or your feedback about this show along with that if you are led to support this ministry of bringing content like this to couples and to help them in their marriage you're welcome to partner with us on pastorpriji.com/donate you can do this as a one time donation or as a monthly commitment of standing with the ministry of our online podcast god bless you thank you so much once again from the bottom of our hearts we wish you an amazing and a beautiful year ahead we will catch up with you again in 3 weeks 
Thank you for tuning into today's Marriage Talk podcast. Hope it was a blessing to you. Do subscribe for more resources at pastorpreeti.com podcast.